Blog Talk Radio. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled. Blessed are the Hallelujah. God is so awesome. It's my privilege to be with you tonight in the Word with your sister Pearl. God bless you. I'm so privileged to have you uh, come and join me. Uh, What a blessing. What a blessing. I want to greet you in the name that's above every other name, the name Jesus. That name is so precious. It's so wonderful. Um, I don't even have enough words to describe how great um, the Lord is, but he is just so faithful. I would like us to just uh, just take some time just to bless him. We're going to go into a subject that I've never discussed here on the radio before. Uh, but before I do that, I just really want to say a very big God bless you to all of our listening audience Uh, Here in North America, United States and Canada, I want to also say God bless you to those of us that are listening uh, from the continent of Europe, the continent of Africa, South America, 
Oceana, uh, want to just thank you, all of you, from the Caribbean islands, from the great continent of Asia. God bless you. You're so very special to us, and uh, I can't thank God enough for you. So God has something special, and I always like to give a special shout-out to the director of this program, the visionary behind it, Evangelist Montel Fields. God bless you if you're listening, dear sister, or whenever you listen. Um, I thank God for you so very much. Let's just go to the Lord in a word of prayer tonight. Amen. Let's just go to the Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, we just come and approach your throne. So grateful for being your children. So grateful that you have done everything to give us life in you. Thank you for the opportunity to share the great gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, to share from your word, the Holy Bible. And I just ask you to touch every man and every woman who is listening, going to be listening to this broadcast uh, whenever they're hearing it, whether they're hearing it live or they're listening to it on demand. We just pray that the blessings of the Lord will come upon them and just do great and mighty things in and through their lives. God, we pray that those that are struggling mentally will be healed. We pray that those that are struggling physically will receive healing in their bodies, Lord God. We know that there is nothing too hard. Certainly there's nothing too difficult um, with you. We thank God that uh, you love us and have great plans for your people. Uh, Thank you, Lord God, for uh, just just being here with us in this hour. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and to have your way and to glorify your name among the heathen. Strengthen the people that belong to you and bless those, uh, Lord God, that are just looking to you as we look uh, so so in, in much in expectation of our Heavenly Father to just come and bless us, Lord God, and come and minister to those areas in our lives where we need a, a special touch from you, Lord God. We just thank you. Thank you for everything that you are doing. Thank you, Lord God, for what you will do, and that we just magnify you. We pray that you will bind the works of the wicked one tonight and Make him ineffective. Make him null and void. Let him not have any preeminence, but let him just be subject to the Spirit of God tonight, Lord God, and uh, be honored in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you hear some footsteps, that's because I'm up and down my home uh, getting another Bible. What happened was... I was working diligently, had the message on my laptop, which I usually minister from every Sunday evening, and all of a sudden it went blank. It went black. (laughs) Completely lost the entire message. But you want to know something? That's fine because the Lord has the word of God inside of me, and we're just going to go straight with it. Whether I have the notes or not, that's fine. We're just going to go straight and trust God. So tonight we're talking about the Beatitudes. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 5, and it says it like this. 
And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Can you imagine? First of all, as as I shared even in the beginning, um, those of you that read the little blurb that we often put out, it's interesting to note that God's ways are so far different and so far higher than our ways, completely, completely different. And God calls the word blessed are they that are poor in spirit. In the natural mind and in our worldly vernacular, we would never even think of calling anybody poor in spirit blessed. We like to call people that have a lot of money blessed. You know, oh, you're blessed, you're highly favored, you've got lots of money. You know, that, that's what we like to think about. Um, people that have no problems, uh, we think that they're blessed. How are you today? I'm blessed and I'm highly favored. Um, but we, we don't really think about people that are poor in spirit to be blessed. And yet, to be poor in spirit as far as the Lord is concerned, is something that is to be blessed. Amen? Now, I'm working hard because I really want you to get the message that the Lord had given me. I might have to switch it because he had given me so many rich things. I think this is such a a wonderful message for me, for you, that the enemy has tried really, really hard to take it away from us. So what I might do I might do is I might switch it up and then just speak from my heart on another message tonight, if that's okay with you, because this is so important. What I had planned for you tonight is so key, Uh, these Beatitudes. I just don't want you to miss it. And so the Bible says that we have to be ready in season and out of season. I wanted to give it to you tonight, the Beatitudes and the blessedness. But I really think I would, I would serve you better if I just waited and be able to really give you what the Lord had, 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 had me pouring over for hours. I'd rather you get that. So we're going to do something that's so typical to life. We're going to go to plan B. And what I'm going to do, let's just see, hang with me now. We're going to go, I'm going to share something else that's on my heart. And uh, hopefully next Sunday night, Lord willing, we'll go back to the Beatitudes. But right now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share something else 
from the Word of God with you. So I have my Bible open, if you could only see me. I have my Bible open, and I'm going to read something. Do you know that you and I are living in such times that we have to be ready for anything and everything? Um, Sometimes we have our plans all set before us, and uh, we're so excited about them, and then all of a sudden things switch up on us. I remember several years ago was uh, a morning in September, I believe it was 2001, um, September 11th. People were getting ready. They were going to work. They were getting ready to go on the train. They were getting ready to get in the cab. They were taking a bus. They were walking, and they were going to work. At least they thought they were going to work. And we know, and that not only we in America or we in New York City, but the entire world knows that within a matter of minutes, things were totally, totally changed. People lost their lives. Almost 3,000 people lost their lives that day. But yet they never planned. Of course they never planned to just, you know, go to work and then some of them jumped out of a building You know, it it was just horrific. We've all heard about what took place on 9-11. Like I said, not only uh, in the United States, but all across the globe. And so we know that we have to be ready at any given time. You and I must be ready. Um, This is how come one of the things that people close to me, they will often hear me say, is the Lord willing, I will be there. The Lord willing, I will do this. The Lord willing, um, I will fly there. You never know. You never know. But you know that if your life is hidden with Christ in God, you're good. You're good. So whether we live, whether we die, we're good. Because our lives are hidden with Christ in God. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Matthew. I was going to read from Matthew chapter 5. That's where the Beatitudes are. But like I said, I'm going to wait um, until I can get access to the laptop and all of the good things that God has had me prepare for you. I don't want you to miss it. But I think if I don't use that, uh, I'm not going to be able to give you some of the rich, rich things that I had prepared for you. So what I'm, what I'm doing right now is I'm just in the Word of God, and I'm looking at another chapter in um, the Gospel of Matthew, and I'm actually looking at some verses that we don't hear a lot about these days. And I think that's really unfortunate because you and I need to hear the words of the Lord Jesus when he spoke to us in Matthew chapter 16, and I'm going to read just a few verses. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world? And loses his own soul. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? 
For the Son of Man will come in glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his work. Then the last verse of um, this chapter of 16 says, Assuredly, I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his holy word. Now, in this whole chapter of Matthew chapter 16, um, first it starts out with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. These were some religious groups that always were trying to trip Jesus up, and they were always trying to find something that Jesus supposedly did wrong. Now, you and I know that Jesus didn't ever. Jesus never did anything wrong. Uh, He is blameless. He is guiltless. He is sinless. Uh, Even though he was fully man, he was also fully God. And these Pharisees and Sadducees, they were seeking a sign. They wanted Jesus to show them a sign. And then if you read that in verses 1 through 4, you'll read about how Jesus said that they were a wicked and adulterous generation seeking after a sign. And he said, no sign will be given to you except the sign of the prophet Jonah. He left them and he departed. Then he talked about the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And maybe one Sunday evening we'll speak on that. And then in verses 13 to 20, Peter, the disciple, one of the closest ones, Jesus was closest to three of the 12 disciples. He had 12 that he loved, but he was always closest to Peter, James, and John. And so Peter confesses Jesus as the Christ. That was the time that Jesus was asking his disciples, who do men say that I am? And I think we discussed that one Sunday night, but certainly we can look at that another time. And so Jesus, he's asking his disciples, and Peter says, you know what? Jesus, you are the Christ. And that means that Jesus, the Messiah. Then in verses 21 to 23, Jesus predicts his own death and his resurrection. And we know that Jesus came for the specific reason to live a life sinless, to show us how we can uh, follow him in righteousness. And he also came expressly to pay the penalty for my sin and your sin. And why is that? That's because you and I can never pay the penalty for our own sin. And you might ask the question, well, why not? Because our blood is not righteous. Our blood is sinful. All of us that are listening to this broadcast, including with myself first, we've all sinned against God. And so we have to bear the penalty for our sin. Penalty for our sin is death and total separation from God who is holy. But God sent his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus, so that he would live a sinless life and that he would pay the penalty for my sin and for your sin. Only Jesus could do that. But, of course, this is before what I'm reading took place before Jesus went on the cross and paid the penalty for our sin. So I'm reading again from verse 24 of 16 when Jesus is telling his disciples, and I'm going to go 
verse by verse. It's only about four verses. I'm going to go verse by verse. What does this mean when Jesus says, take up the cross and follow me? He says, if anyone desires to come, that means to follow after me, to come after me, follow after me, be my disciple. Let him deny himself and take up his cross. Why is it that we don't hear this preaching? Why is that? We don't hear this because um, it's not convenient to the flesh. And people these days, a lot of preachers, not everybody, because you'll always find the remnant that will preach the truth uncompromisingly, unashamedly, uh, unabashedly. They're going to preach the truth that Jesus came to give us. But the majority of people, even those that are preaching, they want to preach a gospel that would make you feel good so that you can come to their churches, so that you can fill their pews, so that you can give them money and you can uh, help them to have what they would call a very prosperous ministry. However, I'm just going to be very real with you, and I know a lot of times you don't hear people say this, but Sister really has to say this because I'm being led of the Spirit of God to tell you this this evening. This is the true gospel that you and I, if we're going to follow Jesus Christ, we must be willing to deny ourselves. And what does that mean to deny ourselves? I'm going to give you some very um, easy examples, and then I'm going to go a little bit deeper. For instance, if you and I go to, um, wow, if we go to a a dinner and uh, maybe we go to a banquet, I'll I'll use that example. We go to a banquet, and we love seafood, but we see that there are a lot of people there that really like seafood, uh, and maybe there's a limited amount of shrimp. There's a limited amount of crab. There's a limited amount of lobster or there's a limited amount of salmon um, or there's a a limited amount of uh, mahi-mahi fish or some other fish or seafood that you really, really like. And maybe there's 50 people, and yet the chef only prepared for 25 people. And he only has enough good seafood for 25 instead of 50. Well, some of the people are going to get the seafood and some of them are not because they just didn't prepare for enough. Well, denying yourself would mean, you know what, you made up in your mind, you know what, I know that the Lord will always allow me to eat some seafood. I can get that another time. You know, I'm going to withhold. I'm going to draw back. I will not partake. I will not eat seafood at this meal this time. So others can get. That's calling it. You're denying yourself of getting the seafood so that others might be able to get. I remember one of my good Chinese friends told me a story, and it was a true story. He was. I met his mom, had the privilege of meeting her while she was alive, and he told me how one time they had traveled as a family to go to Texas. And they went to Texas, and there was a lot of uh, wonderful food on that buffet table. But his mom 
because she really liked shrimp. With no exaggeration, she pretty much took all the shrimp and put it on her plate. He was embarrassed. His other family members were tremendously embarrassed because his extended family were there also. And, you know, I mean, they, they didn't feel too happy then. I mean, they laughed about it weeks after and months after, and it was a big family joke. But they were so embarrassed when it first took place because his mom did not deny herself, and she just looked like she was going a little crazy. She literally filled her plate with the great majority of shrimp, so much so that most people that were present could not get any shrimp whatsoever. Well, she did not deny herself. She took it upon herself to uh, not think about anybody else and just just fill herself up with the shrimp. Now, deny yourself means in this world you and I live in, we can take advantage of a lot of things. Uh, for instance, I remember growing up with my parents that were both Christians, God bless them, and I remember we were never able to get any kind of financial aid. And it was not because we were, uh, I mean, that was for me, because I was the first one that went to college and graduated from college in my immediate family. My parents were not college graduates. They were smart, but they never had the opportunity or they never took the opportunity to get their college uh, education. So I was the first one. And so they tried to get financial aid for me because they were not really, we were not, I, I, I wouldn't even consider us just middle class. And maybe we were just, um, we were poor, but maybe because both of them always worked, they never benefited from any government help. Um, they, their mindset was not that way. Their mindset was we will go to work and we will work hard and we will trust God, and we'll take care of our family. That was their mindset, so that's what they did. And they always just escaped me being able to get financial aid. And I'm going to show you what I mean about denying yourself. Well, some of my neighbors, we knew that they were getting financial aid for their um, children that were going to school. And we would wonder, well, come, they can get financial aid, and we're not um, – eligible for financial aid. Then we found out that because they were lying, they were lying. They were not giving the full truth of what they were earning. Uh, and we, we watched and they had cars that were very different from the kind of cars that uh, my dad drove. And then later on I drove and then my brother drove. They had different types of cars. I mean, some of these people were running around in Cadillacs and Mercedes Benz. And we just drove average cars. We were so grateful to God that we could have cars that we could drive around in, but they were certainly not what you would call, you know, your luxury vehicles. So we deny ourselves. Why? Because we were not willing to lie. We were not willing to put down on the paper that, that we had to fill out for the financial application aid a pack of lies. So we, we knew that God is the one who takes care of us, and God was watching and God is always watching. And so we were denying ourselves and from getting what the other people would get only because 
we wanted to be truthful. To this day, I don't count that we did such a, a, a wonderful thing. We only told the truth. And that I feel, as, as a Christ follower, was the least we could do. I don't think we needed to get any, you know, awards or trophies because we told the truth. As Christians, we must be truthful. We must be honest. We, we, we must be of a mindset that we know that, number one, we belong to the Lord. And so our lives belong to him. He takes care of us. We don't have to try to manipulate and work and backhand and do all kinds of things that are illegal so that we can get a benefit. And so I would say that we denied ourselves of those things, but, but we denied ourselves in a, in a good way because we were just being truthful. And then I think about my brothers and my sisters that are living in closed nations, and I, I can think of a situation right now where a spiritual son denied himself of getting a, a, a job that would be so much money. It would be so much more money than he's making now if he took that position. But if he took that position, he would also have to wind up compromising his Christian faith. And so because he does not want to compromise his Christian faith and because he is a man of integrity and a man of conviction before God who is holy, he did not accept that position. And I can give you an example right now of myself personally where I was called. I, was, I got a call on my phone. I was working a particular job, not making that much money, very, very um, difficult type of job. I was managing a, a homeless shelter, wasn't making a lot of money, and I got a call one day on my cell phone um, offering me a job with one of the agencies that works for the United Nations. Wow. And I, I can tell you the truth. In the beginning, when I got the phone call, I was so excited. I, I was, you know, wow, here goes a job that would offer me at least twice of what I was making on that job when I got that phone call. But then, you know, as I listened to the requirements of the job, I knew it was something I could do except for one thing. I mean, this job had a lot of the things I would have loved. Um, I have a lot of cross-cultural experience because I've been to other nations, and I've, I've served and I've worked overseas. And so it's comfortable for me to, to, to uh, work with people from different nations and different cultural groups and different ethnicities and different tribes and, you know, different continents. That's, that's, that's comfortable for me. I don't have to, like, stretch to do something like that. I enjoy that and have a lot of experience that God has given me doing that. And so this job would have allowed me to work with people from different nations, but then look at one of the things that I would have been asked to do. And what it was, I would have been working with an organization that promotes the shedding of innocent blood. This particular organization promotes abortion. So 
Sister Pearl agrees with God. God hates the shedding of innocent blood. And so I could never, in a clear conscience, take any position, even if I were not the one directly involved with the shedding of innocent blood, but if I could never work with an organization that I know that they're involved with promoting the shedding of innocent blood. So I would have to deny myself, deny myself, take up my cross and follow Jesus. That's an example of denying oneself. Yes, I could get a better job financially. It would pay more money. It would give me other kinds of opportunities. I could travel. I could do a lot of the things I like. But I would be miserable on that job. I already know it is against everything that God stands for. And I would be grieving the spirit of God. I would have no peace. So it was easy for me to deny Myself, Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Let me give you another example of me denying myself. I'm going to get very personal and very real with you right now. I am a single lady. I am a single lady because to this point in my life, up until today, I sincerely believe that I have not met God's choice for my life if he wants me to be married. I can tell you honestly, I've had a lot of opportunity, probably from every culture and every almost every ethnicity that I've met, I've had the opportunity. Not that I am so wonderful or I am so beautiful or I am so intelligent or I am so likable, but it just so happens. That's my experience. I've had lots of opportunities where people, they wanted to engage with me, and the next thing I know, they wanted to, to marry me. But the thing of it is, I would, ask, I would also want to marry them. And to, marriage is a two-way thing. It's not just a one-way thing. So I'm a woman that prays. I'm a woman that seeks the face of God. And my life, number one, belongs to Jesus. Number one, he is my husband. And so, you know, I would pray and I would discern. Some of those men I did really like. Some of them I didn't really care for, so it was not a big deal. Some of them that I really liked, they weren't even following Jesus. But I knew automatically, Pearl, that's out of the question. Because I cannot marry somebody, put my life with somebody, and they're not um, loving Jesus. Uh, they're, they're not putting Jesus as the Lord, as their master, as their savior. Uh, God is not directing their life. And so how can I submit to someone when that man is on another mission? That's what submission means. That I submit, I come under his mission. And sub means under. And so that man has to have God's mission so that I can submit to that mission. Amen. 
And as a woman, I want for that man to take the lead. I never wanted to marry a man where I'm the leader. I'm the spiritual leader because that's out of sync with God's order. Okay? So men have to lead their homes and women should be in submission. That doesn't mean that women are doormats, uh, you know, and the men are tyrants and, you know, you just do what I say and you better like it. No, that's not the way of God. And that's not what he says in the word of God. Maybe one day, even though I'm not married, I have ministered to so many married people uh, just because they wanted, they wanted me to minister to them. And all I did is share the word of God with them. What does God say about marriage? Okay, so going back to this story, but I denied myself of putting my life together, even with men that I really found very, very likable. I really liked them. But if they were not in Christ, I already knew. Paul, you got to deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. Keep walking. Keep moving. Don't get involved. This is not the will of the Lord for you. All right. So whether you're a man or you're a woman, do not give in to your own desires, even though they might be great. But you have to be willing, just like me, to deny yourself, take up your cross. Does that mean that God wants you to take up a physical wooden cross and walk across the city that you live in and walk across your state and walk across the nation. Now, I know that there was a man that did this, but he did it symbolically, and he did it as a, as a way to uh, just let people ask him, why are you walking around with a cross? And he would share the gospel with them. But this is not, and that was okay. If God asked him to do that, and he felt that that was his mission, that was fine. But when Jesus says in the word of God, I want you to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. He's not talking about going and building a, a wooden cross and then putting it on your back and following Jesus. He's talking about th- those things that you and I bear in our lives that are very uncomfortable. You know, sometimes God allows us to go through things that are not so easy. He, he uses these uh, situations to teach us, to train us, to prune us, to make us what he wants us to be so that we can fulfill our God-given destiny in him. And so you don't get a lot of teaching about denying yourself and taking up your cross and following him. Suppose, you know, you have been blessed and I say this, seriously, you've been blessed with a, an, an, some kind of an impediment in your physical body. Uh, you, you, you have been, you know, whatever it is, maybe your, your, your leg, you have to drag it. Um, learn how to, to take that situation and still have great peace and great joy in knowing that you're more than the leg that you're dragging behind you. Or if you were born blind, you're more than that, the fact that you cannot see. You are more than the lump that you have on your back. You are more 
than the affliction that you're going through in your home. You are bigger than the situation that challenges you. You're greater than that, but that is often your cross that you have been allowed to bear. And Jesus said to deny yourself, take up your cross. Some of you got married. You weren't like me. You got married, but you married an individual that is totally contrary to everything that God says a spouse should be. But now this is now your burden to bear. That is your cross. You, you, you should not just say, okay, I just want to divorce you and get out of this. Sometimes, of course, you have to divorce. Sometimes you're being physically um, beaten to a pulp. God's not asking you to stay in that. That's not God, even though some people will tell you that. That's not the spirit of God. That's not honoring and glorifying God for you to get beaten to a pulp. Whether you're a man or whether you're a woman, we know that mostly it's women that get uh, beat up in these domestic situations, but sometimes it's men as well. And men are ashamed to even say that their wife beats them. And sometimes it's, it's a man. But whether you be a man or a woman, Okay, God's not asking you to constantly uh, allow yourself to be beaten up. That you have to just pray and ask God to help you to escape that. That's not healthy, and you can wind up dead. That's not God-glorifying. But sometimes it, it's, it's a situation that is it's, it's very hard to bear. Um, it could be just a, a, a very, you know, nagging-type situation, a nagging wife, a, a nagging husband. You can't just divorce them for that. I mean, you could. You could physically do it, but it's not the right thing to do. That's a cross that you have to bear, all right? Or some kind of a situation in a job. Maybe your uh, employer is giving you a hard way to go, and between now and when God releases you from that job, it's very, very difficult. That's a cross for you to bear. Just pray and ask God to help you to live for Jesus but that's your cross right there, and, and, and you can get through that. You can overcome that, but that is a cross. That is something that, that's a weight. That is something that you have to walk with that's not easy. That's considered a cross. And sometimes there's all kinds of crosses. I'm going through something right now that I cannot reveal, but it is definitely a cross because I cannot even talk about it. If I talk about it, I will already uh, expose people that are not living godly, that are not living right, that have done some really vicious, mean, ugly, I mean, ugly things. And, and I just have to keep my mouth shut about it because the Lord is not leading me at this point to expose them. So I have to go through it, and this is my cross to bear right now. It's a very heavy cross. It almost caused me for my heart to be physically broken. But God is helping me. God is helping me. It's the cross that I have to bear. So Jesus says, if you want to come after me, be willing to deny yourself. To deny yourself. One of the things that I was, and I'm not saying this is for everybody, and it's certainly not a cross. But I'm talking about denying yourself. I see a lot of single people that instead of waiting on God, maybe they're single, but they have children. 
And instead of, and their children are little. I've seen this so many times. Instead of them just being willing to wait on God and let God lead them and let God uh, guide them in his time, which is perfect, they run into a relationship looking for somebody to be a, a mother to their children or a, a father to their children. They don't wait on God. They don't pray it through. And they just get into a quickie relationship that's not right. Now they've got more problems because they ran into that relationship. They were not willing to deny themselves. See, this, this is the kind of stuff that I mean. When I had my daughter, okay, my daughter is an adopted child, but I could not love any child that was born from my womb more than I love my child that was given to me by adoption. I can tell you that quite frankly, quite honestly. And so I made up in my mind um, that unless literally the hand of God was being, uh, you know, shown on the wall type of a thing, I was not going to even consider getting into any relationship uh, with any man, Okay. Even if it's just very platonic, I would not be doing it. Why? Because I, I wanted my daughter to grow up uh, in a whole and healthy environment, and I didn't want to bring in anybody that would bring confusion or uh, would even cause me to be distracted from focusing on the job I had to raise her to be a godly young woman. And thank God, by the grace of God, she is now legal, 21 years old, and is a beautiful young woman by the grace of God. But I had to be willing to deny myself, and that was fine. Now, uh, in my older age, if the Lord would bless me, I'm free. I'm free to be married, if that is from God. If it's not from God, I will go to be with Jesus, and that's fine, just the way I am, just the way I am, which is fine. So we, we must be willing to deny ourselves. Um, take up our cross and follow Jesus. I'm being very personal with you tonight, it, and you're getting this basically because I don't have access to my notes, but the Lord knows why he allowed it to happen. Some of you need to hear this. Some of you need to hear some real, real, real gutsy flesh and blood talk. Jesus said, if you want to come after me, if you want to seek me, if you want to follow me, if you want to have a, a close and intimate relationship with me, if you want me to reveal my will to you, you've got to be willing to deny yourself of worldly pleasures, of worldly ways, of worldly actions, of worldly perspectives, of worldly mindsets. In order to follow me, deny yourself, take up your cross. Sometimes people, God will allow people in your life to be your cross. I've got some. I've got some people in my life that are nothing but crosses. They might think they're blessing. Sometimes people might give you money, and they think because they gave you money or they gave you something that, that you should be so thrilled with that. That's like the person, the man who beats his wife and then comes home and gives her flowers. 
and brings chocolate candies. She doesn't want chocolate candies. I can tell you. She doesn't want flowers. But she wants that man to treat her well. Same thing with the men. What's the sense of cooking a nice meal for a man? But then you treat him like trash. You, you disrespect him. You don't honor him. You, you, you are nothing but a manipulator, a liar, schemer. You scam. You pretend. You act so nice. And you even put your voice in a different intonation. Oh, honey, sweetheart. But really, you're a demon. And you're evil. And you need to repent. See, when, when we, we follow Jesus, it's not about acting. It's about being real. It's about being legitimate. He said, we must deny ourselves. And some of our denying ourselves is denying our old, wicked ways. Before we came to Christ, you manipulated. You were allowed to be a manipulator. You were a schemer, just like Jacob. Jacob, when he wrestled with the angel of old, the angel asked him, what is your name? My name is Jacob. And because he told the truth, finally, what does Jacob mean? Jacob means con, schemer, scammer. And because he was willing to tell the truth, the angel said, okay, your name is now going to be Israel. I'm going to change your name. Not only change your name, I'm going to change your character. That's what God did for Jacob. Deny yourself of your old, wicked ways. And the only way that you really can follow Jesus is to have his Holy Spirit come and live and abide within you. Because you and me, of our own flesh, we don't have what it takes to follow God. But we need the Holy Spirit to come inside of us and give us the power to say no to the devil and to say yes to God. And once you do that, you allow the Holy Spirit to come and dwell inside of you. We're no longer living naturally. We're living supernaturally. And if you think that I am joking, I am not. I can give you an example of something that happened to me just this past Wednesday. I live in one of the most, one of the largest cities in the, in the world, okay, in the world. I have many examples of this, but this just happened. So I don't know how it happened. I don't believe I was careless, but all of a sudden I was in the train station and I had my wallet. It had a few hundred dollars in it. Usually I don't travel with a lot of money. This, in this particular um, case, I did have quite a bit of money that I don't like to travel with. I traveled with it because I had it for something else that I needed to have it. And instead of taking it out, it was in there. So it had my money. It had my cards. It had everything. And it was in a New York City train station. I don't know where it 
dropped. I don't know if somebody just took it. I don't know what happened to this day. That was Wednesday night. It was a sad affair. But I have a relationship with God. And even though millions of people take that train, and that's a station that is very well traveled. It's, if you're a New York City person, it's 59th Street on Lexington Avenue. I said, dear Lord, when I came home, dear Lord, you know that I need that money. You know that I need those cards that were in that wallet. Can I tell you something? By Wednesday, I went to a prayer meeting that Wednesday, the next, the next Thursday, I'm sorry, the next Thursday morning. The wallet was taken on Wednesday night. Thursday morning, I'm in a prayer meeting in somebody's home. I get a call on my phone, on my mobile phone. I see the words Chase New York. I picked up the phone, and it's a, it's a banker, and he's telling me, are you, and then he asked me my name. I said, yes, I have your wallet. Somebody came to our bank, our branch, and dropped off your wallet. I, he said, I can either mail it to you or you can come in and get it. And I said, well, what do you suggest? He says, well, miss, I don't know if you're going to trust it in the mail with everything that's inside of it. So from the moment he said, with everything inside of it, I knew that the hundreds of dollars that I had in that purse, it was all there, untouched. Anybody wants to come after me, then deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. You and I, when we live for Jesus, we live supernaturally. I can tell you time upon time, I don't live a natural life. I live a supernatural life. The God that I serve is supernatural. He goes on to say, whoever desires to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What does it profit if a man gains the whole world and loses his soul? You and I don't have an eternity down on this earth. Every last one of us are going to have to face God at one point or the other. in one condition or the other condition. We're going to go either up to be living with Jesus or we're going to be down to be forever separated from God. You only have one life to live. I would encourage you to live it for Jesus. Jesus says, what is it going to benefit what is it profit if a man gains the whole world and yet he loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. This is a guarantee. Jesus is going to come back a second time. 
He's not going to be coming as a little baby. He's going to be coming back in the glory of his father with his angels this time. And he's going to reward each according to his works. Are you going to live for God? Are you willing to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus? Let me just be honest with you. There's no other way. I mean, you could decide that, look, I don't want to follow Jesus. I don't want to live for God. I'm going to do me. Okay, you have a right because God's given you free will. You can do you. But remember, you're going to pay a very severe price for that. To me, it is much easier to live for God now and spend an eternity with Christ forever rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short season and spend an eternity separated from a holy God. When you look at those two, you got to choose. And God said, look, I set before you heaven and earth as my witnesses. I set before you blessings and cursing, life and death. And then God tells you which one to choose. He says, choose life so that you and your seed may live. I quoted this verse many times tonight, and I'm going to quote it to end. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Our brothers and sisters in closed nations that do not allow the gospel to be preached, they're willing to give their lives, their physical lives, to follow Jesus. They're willing to deny themselves their physical lives the comfort of living on this earth, they're willing to give that up to follow Jesus. The cross that they bear is that they are living maybe in communist lands or other Islamic lands that forbid the preaching of the cross. You and I, if we want to follow Jesus, we have to be willing to do the exact same thing. Some of us will not be martyred. Some of us will be. If we want to follow Jesus, we must be willing to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. And Sister Pearl can tell you, it's worth it, no matter what the price, to follow Jesus. You and I can't pay for our salvation. Jesus alone did that. But we can choose to follow him or not. God bless you until next Sunday night. May the Lord help you and I, help me to follow Jesus, help you to follow Jesus and live with him eternally. God bless you until next time. I hope to bring you that message, the Beatitudes. God bless you. Bye-bye.